Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Nuggets Numbers. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Monday night, as I am uh, in a very busy stretch of my life right now. If you know, if you've seen it on Twitter, then you know. Uh, I'm, I'm in the middle of transitioning into a different project for podcasting. I'm still going to be the, the site manager for Denver Stiffs. Don't plan on leaving that anytime soon. I've, I've had a great time running the Stiffs community, and that is not changing. I love what I do here. Uh, But one thing that I am going to do, I've always had an interest in expanding my podcasts from two to week, uh, two a week to five a week. And I'm going to have an opportunity to do that. I'm partnering with Nate Lundy over at Mile High Sports. And I announced earlier on Twitter that I'm going to be creating a new podcast titled Pickaxe and Roll. And basically, that's that's going to be a podcast that allows me to do a lot of the same things that I do here, uh, that, that I've done for Nuggets Numbers, that I've done for the Denver Stiff Show. Uh, I'll be posting five days a week over there. Uh, the, the episodes are going to be posting on Apple, Spotify, Google, everywhere you get your podcasts. Won't have to worry about that. Uh, just make sure to search for the Pickaxe and Roll feed. I'll make sure to give out those links whenever possible. Uh, but... I'm going to not be doing anything else for the Denver Stiffs podcast channel. Uh, That is still a developing process for sure. Not sure where that's going to go right now. I I initially thought it was going to be one direction, but it turns out it might be going a different one. So I'll keep everybody posted on that. But big news for me, uh, I'm going to be podcasting five days a week and going to be doing a lot of the same things that I do for Nuggets Numbers, that I do for the Denver Stiffs show going to be bringing that over to a permanent podcast feed that's going to be my own. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, going to have a lot of guests on as well. Going to be covering every game, every article, every bit of news, every bit of analysis. And it's going to take on a life of its own and it's going to be entirely mine. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm sad to leave this podcast network with Zach Mikosh, Gordon Gross, Jenna Garcia, Uh, Nick uh, Herzog and Jeremy Poley before them. Uh, We've done a lot of great things over here, and I'm really proud of the stuff that I've done uh, along with this group over for the Denver Stiffs Podcast Network. But this is a big move for me. This is going to be the last Nuggets numbers that I do, and this coming Friday is going to be the last uh, Denver Stiffs show that I ever do. Uh, The pickaxe and roll is going to debut on March 1st, which is a week from today. And I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So make sure to subscribe to that feed. I'm going to give all of the links where I can. Uh, Not everything is set in stone yet, but once they come out, 
I will definitely do so. I want to kind of use that as, as more of an opportunity to reflect on, on what has been a difficult season for me, for the Nuggets, for the NBA, and, well, for the entire world. Uh, we've, we're nearly crossing the, the 500,000 dead threshold in the United States alone due to coronavirus, due to COVID-19 and any of the other variants that have come out as well due to that. It's also been nearly a year since the NBA shut down, and it's it's been a really tough time. It's been a tough time for me, uh, been a tough time for everybody, of course. I, I'm one of the lucky ones that I haven't had a family member that has been drastically affected by this. I haven't known a ton of people that have been drastically affected by this, only only because we've we've had to shut ourselves in. A couple members of my family are immunocompromised, so... I've done my best to shut myself away in a lot of these cases and, and try to avoid human contact, but that's a tough way for people to live. It's a tough way for anybody to live right now, and so I just wanted to, to touch on that, at, at least at the start of this. I don't want this to be a downer episode or anything, but I do want to put into perspective how lives have really been flipped upside down ever since then. Uh, the NBA, after the All-Star break uh, last February... Uh, there was a, a massive honoring of Kobe Bryant during that time, uh, who died on February 2nd. Uh, the NBA shut down on March 11th, so both of those events really colored my first year as the site manager for Denver Stiffs. It made things pretty difficult. It made things very, uh, very sad, uh, frankly, that so many variables like this and and. So many lives have been lost in, in a situation that's been really tough for the entire world to deal with. It's been politicized. It's been uh, questioned. It's been uh, the, the legitimacy of everybody has been pushed to the edge. Uh, mental health is at an all-time low. Uh, one of the things personally for me, uh, this, is, uh, this has been tough for me. I've, I've been pretty vocal online about struggling with some of my own personal mental health issues, things like depression, self-esteem, etc. Uh, the the pandemic obviously hasn't helped that. Uh, when I went to uh, I went to try to find some therapy for myself, and the first therapist that I went to, they said, "Oh, I don't think I can take anybody. We're actually full right now," and that really kind of put it into perspective that. Not only am I the only one that's, I'm, I'm not the only one that's struggling with this, but it feels like everybody has really struggled with a lot of the mental health crises that have really come from a, a pandemic-related issue. And, and that's tough. That's a tough place for the world to be. It's a tough place for everybody to be. Um, this particular move for my career, I think that represents some growth potential for me kind of an opportunity to improve myself, my mental health, as well as just an opportunity to do what I love even more. Uh, and that's covering the nuggets. And I, I love to I love to give as much content as I can to everybody. Uh, one of the things that I know that I wanted to change about myself during this year was to continue to find ways to grow. Because in a pandemic, when you're stuck inside, when you're you're told that you can't communicate with everybody, one of the things that I stopped doing personally was grow. And that was a big problem for me. It was a big problem. 
within my life as somebody who's 24 years old. Uh, I'm still I'm still young, still trying to figure out where the best direction for my life is to go. I, I think I found a great path. I think I found a great solution. But this is just another step in that. This is just another potential opportunity for me to really grow, for me to really do all of the things that I care about. One of those things is about the Nuggets um, it's, and just covering this team and, and com- connecting with the community that has meant a lot for me over the years. Uh, I grew up a Nuggets fan, more so a Broncos fan, actually, but I grew up a Nuggets fan. And when I went off to college, one of the things that I really recognized about myself was how important sports were to me, but also how important that sense of community, that sense of connectiveness was uh, as somebody who played football, somebody who played baseball, uh, pretty, pretty high level. Uh, you get that sense of team, you get that sense of community. And that's, and you also get that sense of competitiveness. All of those things I think have really driven me to become a bigger part of the Denver sports scene here. And it's taken a long time. I've, I've had to put in a lot of long hours. And as you can tell, based off of the way I'm talking, it's been tough. It's been, it's been a tough situation for me, but also for everybody. I don't want to make this just about me. Um, I hope that people can relate to this particular situation. I hope that people can continue to take a step back, recognize that you're not alone in combating the issues that you're currently dealing with right now, as alone as you may feel. There are a lot of people out there and a lot of people that need support, but also are just looking for somebody to talk to, also just looking for a friend. This pandemic has worn, has worn hard on everybody. And the psyche of everybody is is slowly breaking. So reach out to somebody. If you haven't talked to them in a while, make sure to reach out to them. Ask them how they're doing. Ask them what what you can do to help them. And you may find that rather than just them saying, hey, I'm good. It's all good. You You may find that. But you also may find somebody that's struggling. You also may find somebody that really needed somebody to reach out to them. And... That's a, that's a good place to be. So be that person, be that lifeline, continue to support everybody, love each other. Uh, that's probably the best advice I can give during this time. Life in sports during a pandemic, it's been awful. Like I think everybody would rather think go back to the way that they were, uh, but they're not going to. And that's probably an important takeaway from all of this is that we have to pivot. We have to understand that We've got to be better during this situation. We've got to understand just how important the connective, the connectiveness and the sense of community is for the rest of the world. Uh, we've all been wrapped up in our homes, all been locked down. Uh, try to connect with somebody if you can, even if it's small. Sports helps everybody do that. The Nuggets need to get more connected. I would say that's that's probably a thing, despite the fact that they they say that they're not worried, despite the fact that they say they're okay. Like, I think they need to get on the same page and getting healthy, doing all those things. I think that helps them take a step in that direction. Okay, that's enough life talk. That's enough sports talk. Again, I'm doing the podcast. I'm doing pickaxe and roll on a new feed. So when you see that, make sure to subscribe. I would really appreciate it. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to start talking about the Nuggets and 
how I think they need to close out their schedule. We'll be right back. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Nuggets numbers. Ryan Blackburn here. I'm sure that first segment was not what you were expecting to hear uh, on a num- on a Nuggets numbers podcast. I'm actually not going to do a ton of numbers today, uh, just because even though it's the last episode, I think that my podcast has really evolved into something more than just sharing data. I'll continue to do that, and that's something that I feel very comfortable with as as one of the reasons why people follow me, one of the reasons why people ask for for my particular opinion on stuff is because I do know the numbers. Um, But there are more things to that. And I think that the Nuggets are in a situation where they have to look beyond the numbers. They have to look beyond uh, what's easy and, and continue discovering the tough things about themselves, the things that people aren't really recognizing full on. So let's talk about these last six games. Uh, The Nuggets, they, they started their schedule, uh, This 10-game stretch that I was talking about last week started off right before I started podcasting. I called this 10-game stretch the Nuggets are currently on as a war of attrition, and it really has been just that. Denver's 1-3 on this past road trip to start things off. It's not where Denver wanted to be. They lost that close game against Washington that had they won it, they would be 2-2 and and it wouldn't be that bad. But they are 1-3 on this last road trip, and they need to recover. Uh, two positives that have come out of this, though. Jamal Murray is in a really good place. He's been averaging upwards of 30-something points per game over the course of the last six or seven games or so. He has been good. Well, great, actually. Had that 50-piece that was extremely efficient. He followed that up with a nice 30-spot against the Hawks. He was pretty much the only offensive player to really come to play. Uh, and he did a great job of it. And He's in a good spot. Nikola Jokic started off the season in a great spot. He did have a down night last game, but I consider that a an off night as opposed to a trend. Let's hope it doesn't trend that way over these next six games because Denver needs to win those. Uh, the second thing that has really happened is Michael Porter, uh, despite the fact that he's played 20 games, Denver's played 30 as a team, uh, Michael Porter has started 13 of his 20 games, and he's averaging 27 minutes a night. That may not seem like a big deal, but think about where Michael Porter was last year. How difficult it was for him to just get on the floor, for him to stay consistent within his role, for him to even earn 15 minutes off the bench. Now he is starting games. He is getting that necessary necessary training for him to continue to be a factor going forward for this team. It's taken some time, and it will continue to take time. It may not happen in time for these playoffs. But 27 minutes a night is nothing to sneeze at. Neither is 13 games started. He has started ever since 
Gary Harris and Will Barton started going down. Uh, Gary Harris to start, Will Barton in, in the middle there, and then Gary Harris again lately. Um, he is getting some opportunities. And they aren't perfect opportunities, but Denver could do a better job committing to him, and they have, I think, lately. Uh, last game notwithstanding, because I don't think that's a great representation of, of what has happened. Um, here's what I want to see from Denver to close out their schedule. They have six more games before the All-Star break. They're 16 and 14. Ideally, you'd want them to win all six, and then they get to 22 and 14. And then you think, okay, they're in a good spot. They're actually doing pretty well. They're not going to win all six. If they did, I would be blown away. Um, Here are the six games that they have. A two-game homestand, including Portland on Tuesday, Washington on Thursday, then a four-game road trip to close things out against the Oklahoma City Thunder, the Chicago Bulls, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Indiana Pacers. Those last three games are going to be pretty tough. Hell, even the OKC game is going to be pretty tough. Denver has had a difficult time with some of those teams, especially Milwaukee, especially Oklahoma City. Uh, Indiana, they've always played close. So these games are going to be pretty close. And Portland could steal one on Tuesday. Washington already beat them. There's a chance that Denver goes 3-3, three and three, maybe 2-4 and four over the, these final six games. If they did, if that was the case, I think that Denver's in trouble. If they can survive then they're okay. Then they may then they'll still be in a good position where they can earn a top 5 seed or so and and stay at least attached to the rest of the playoff picture. Um but here are the six things that I want to see from Denver uh, during this during this stretch. I want to see Denver get healthy. Uh, right now, Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green, PJ Dozier, Greg Whittington All of those guys are out. Gary Harris had that adductor strain. That was a problem. That's that's been a problem. And he tried to come back from it against Washington. Obviously, he came back too early. I don't think we're going to see him anytime soon. I think that they're going to hold him out until after the All-Star break. That's with or without them doing well over this stretch. So Denver's going to need to play well without him. Paul Millsap, I think they're going to hold him out too. Jermichael Green, it wouldn't be surprised if they hold him out. I'm kind of hopeful that P.J. Dozier comes back at some point. He's been out for a while, and he's missed a lot of games due to that strained hamstring. Though, if he comes back too early and re-aggravates that hamstring, Denver's in a really tough position at that point. That is not good. Uh, and then Greg Whittington. We haven't seen it all. Uh, I hope that we get to see him at some point, but... It's a really tough spot that Denver's in because they want a player like Greg Whittington to be in their rotation. He's a lot like uh, Jeremy Grant, athletic, wing-sized, long, six foot eight, six foot nine ish. Uh, can shoot from the outside, has some game on the inside. Uh, Greg Whittington would be helpful, uh, but he's not out there, and Denver hasn't been able to see him out there. And so, if they were to be able to see him then things might be different. But here's the thing. Murray got healthy, and now he's excelling. I hope that Gary Harris, Paul Millsap, Jermichael Green, P.J. Dozier, and Greg Whittington can all get healthy too. Because Denver needs their full assortment of of players, of rotation pieces. If they don't have those guys, then they're never going to get back to that right spot. 
Number two, I want to see Zeke Naji and RJ Hampton continue to progress. Uh, Michael Malone mentioned when I asked him on Sunday that he thought that Zeke Naji played well, played hard. Uh, any minutes that are going to that he gets are going to really aid him in his development. And I agree. These are good opportunities for Zeke Naji and RJ Hampton to continue to get minutes. Uh, when everybody gets healthy, that might go away. So I hope those young guys continue to take that opportunity. Number three. I want to see the Nuggets beat the Portland Trailblazers badly tomorrow. Portland is coming off the second. They'll be on a second game of a back-to-back. They just lost to Phoenix tonight in a blowout. Uh, Damian Lillard didn't have to play a ton of minutes, though, so he'll probably be fresh enough that he can do some serious damage. I'll talk about that and the Blazers in the third segment. Number four. I want to see Jamal Murray slide the shooting guard in the starting lineup until Denver gets healthy. Right now, Denver has some good pieces in the backcourt. Jamal Murray's obviously playing at a great level. Uh, Monte Morris has been very consistent. He's been the most consistent player all year outside of Nikola Jokic. Faku Campazzo, he's really come on of late. He has proven that he deserves to play, that he deserves to be a big piece in this rotation. And his hounding defense, his energy, his ability to make the right pass, his ability to move the ball has really been helpful. He's also shot the ball reasonably well too, which was probably my biggest concern. If he's not shooting the ball well, then it's going to be an issue. Uh, He also has a problem where he overpasses, but I think I'd rather a guy overpass than overshoot, given the talent that the Nuggets have with Murray, Porter, and Jokic. Uh, That's okay. Uh, I think that... Faku is probably going to start tomorrow, or Tuesday night. I will talk about that more in the third segment as well. Number five, I want to see Michael Porter Jr. slide to power forward more frequently next to Nikola Jokic. This is also something that I want to see when everybody gets healthy. I think that Michael Porter is currently at his best when he's a power forward. Currently, it is best when the game is simplified for him. The reads are simplified for him. The players that he's defending have a simpler read as well. I think that power forwards are easier for Porter to defend because they are easier to defend for most wings. This is why so many stretch fours in the NBA today are basically what small forwards were 10 years ago. Think of like Boyan Bogdanovich. Somebody like that from the Utah Jazz. He's now permanently a power forward. But a few years ago, even, he was a small forward permanently. Nobody would think to put him at power forward. He has trended into that position because the position has trended down. They've trended smaller. Less traditional size, like a Millsap, like a Jamichael Green. More guys like Boyan Bogdanovich and Michael Porter Jr., who are athletic, who space the floor, shoot like hell, and are too slow at times to defend guards. Oftentimes, when teams get cross-matched, Denver is in a tough position where Michael Porter is defending a point guard or a shooting guard, and then he gets beat off the dribble, and then people yell at him. He, gets that ha- he has that happen to him more often when he's at small forward than when he's at power forward, because when he's at power forward, he just 
finds the biggest guy that Nikola Jokic isn't guarding, and usually guards them. Denver's had a lot of success with that grouping. They've had success when they spaced the floor. They didn't play that against the Atlanta Hawks. I was kind of blown away that they didn't. Uh, they gave Zeke Naji more of an opportunity and decided to go more traditional. That was a mistake in my opinion, but it is what it is. I want to see Denver try to play Michael Porter more power forward now because I think that, that is going to be Denver's best option when the playoffs come around, unless they make a trade. If they do make a trade, then that could change things, but until then, I don't know. And then number six, I want to see Denver go four and two or better in the next six games. Again, those games are against Portland, Washington, Oklahoma City, Chicago, Milwaukee, and Indiana. Just checking the standings really quick. Let's do a real Google search here. Uh, Indiana is currently the four seed, though they're 15 and 14. They're basically 500. Milwaukee, they've struggled lately, despite the fact they've won their last two games, but they're 5 and 5 in their last 10. They're 18 and 13. They're not much better than Denver. They just happen to have a really easy matchup, or a not easy matchup, but a better matchup. Um, Chicago, they're 14 and 16. Washington, they're 11 and 17. Um, Portland, they're 18 and 12. Denver needs to be able to win that game. That is a big deal. And then OKC is 12 and 19, despite the fact that they're decent. Like they really are. Uh, Denver, that's a, that's a trap game. If I've ever seen one, the first game on a road trip after they, after they play the Washington Wizards, Denver will come out with a good energy against the Washington Wizards. Uh, they already show that they don't have any energy for the OKC Thunder. Uh, so we'll see if they can figure that out. Um, but that's where I am overall. Number one, I want to see the Nuggets get healthy. Number two, Najee and Hampton taking advantage of their opportunities. Three, Nuggets to beat Portland. Four, Jamal Murray to slide to shooting guard until the health starting lineup gets healthy. Five, Michael Porter sliding to power forward more frequently next to Jokic. And six, I want to see Denver go four and two. Better than 500. If they go four and two over that over that stretch, over this ten game stretch, it would bring them to 500, which represents kind of treading water during that time, surviving. Uh, Denver hasn't had a lot of great circumstances lately to go on a run to win several games in a row. They haven't been able to build momentum. The injuries have completely taken them out of that, as well as some of the matchups. Um, that will have to happen in the second half if they're going to make a run in the playoffs, they're going to have to make a run in the standings in the second half. They've got to string together some wins, play good, coherent, strong basketball. If they don't, then I have some questions. Let's take a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we are going to talk Nuggets Blazers, uh, give some details on that matchup and some keys to the game. We'll be right back. All right, final segment, Nuggets Numbers. Yeah, it really is the final segment of Nuggets Numbers. I'm, I'm kind of sad. That's uh, that's pretty tough. Um, 
but it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be fun to to move on, and, and I'm I'm looking forward to the opportunity. Uh, it's a big big deal, big chance to take, and uh, I'm looking forward to the time. Uh, but let's talk Nuggets Blazers right now because this Blazers team, they have survived without CJ McCollum, without Yusuf Nurkic, Damian Lillard. He hasn't been as good of a player overall with as good of stats as Nikola Jokic, but he has carried them better than Nikola Jokic has for the Nuggets, or at least it's translated to more wins. Uh, the Blazers are 18 and 12. I think they're, they're dropping to 18 and 13, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but actually, no, they're, they're 18 and 12. They have done a great, great job of just kind of staying above this thing and staying above the injuries that they seem to consistently get hit with every single year. McCollum, he started off the season incredibly well. He was in line for his first all-star appearance, and then he got hurt. And then Yusuf Nurkic got hurt right after him. Uh, Nurkic, he's, he's out for a significant period of time, eight weeks. I think he uh, I think he broke his wrist, if I'm not mistaken. Let me check that real quick. Yeah, he, he uh broken right wrist. Uh, that's a really tough injury to have. Uh, but he'll come back. He'll come back and be okay. Uh, they also don't have Zach Collins or, or Harry Giles, so they don't really have playable size in this matchup. They're playing in as Cantor, heavy minutes. Obviously, he's a big, burly guy. But their backup center is Robert Covington, who's also their backup power forward, or who's also their starting power forward. He rotates onto that second unit and plays center for that group. Next to players like Nasir Little, uh, Anthony Simons, uh, and and a a variety of guys that probably don't really deserve time. Uh, But they figured it out. And credit to Damian Lillard for really leading that charge. He's been great. Uh, Denver will have a size advantage in this one, though. Despite missing Paul Millsap, despite missing Jermichael Green, they will be okay. I wouldn't be shocked if one of Mate Morris or Faku Composo doesn't start on Tuesday night. I think that it'll probably be Faku. Uh, Zeke Naji, he was a decent matchup against Atlanta because they had John Collins. He was getting good reps. But against the Blazers, I think that going big would be a mistake. Especially for an inexperienced big like Naji. Um, this Blazers team, they space the floor really well. Uh, Gary Trent has really developed into a quality starting shooting guard. Uh, Robert Covington, he takes a bunch of threes. Inez Cantor puts a bunch of pressure on the rim. And Derek Jones Jr., he puts a lot of pressure on the rim too. Doesn't take a lot of threes or anything like that, but he's a good player. He's very athletic, still trying to figure out his way. But I really like what what the Blazers did in the offseason. They're a very talented group, and it would surprise me, I think, if they didn't excel here, if they didn't come into this game against the Nuggets thinking that they could really steal one, despite the fact that they got blown out against the Suns. With Damian Lillard out there, as long as he gets free, they always have a chance. Denver cannot let that happen. I think that my official prediction going into this one is going to be Faku Campazzo starts, Michael Porter moves to the four, you have Will Barton at the three, Jamal Murray at the two, Jokic at the five, of course. Um, and Faku starts and he guards Dame. He guards Dame and he tries to hound him for as long as he possibly can. I don't know how long that will last. 
I don't know whether that's the right call or not, but it really wouldn't surprise me if Denver tried to inject energy in that game uh, in that particular manner. Um, it also just kind of makes sense for a variety of reasons from a size perspective. Uh, Will Barton can guard Derek Jones Jr. at that point. He doesn't necessarily have to sell out for a bunch of other possessions. Uh, he doesn't have to guard Gary Trent or Damian Lillard at that point. Uh, Jamal Murray would guard Gary Trent Jr. Will Barton would guard uh, Derek Jones. Michael Porter would guard Robert Covington. And I think that's a matchup that Denver would like. Despite the fact that Robert Covington is a veteran, despite the fact that he hits a lot of shots, when you play Porter against Covington, you see the size difference between the two, and you really see what Porter looks like when he has a spaced floor and can match up with a guy who's a really good defender at his position. But Porter can shoot right over the top of him and do a lot of different things. This wouldn't be a this would be a game I would be really surprised if Denver went with that particular group. If they started Porter at the four, they had a facilitating point guard next to Jamal Murray. I would be shocked if Michael Porter didn't succeed well. Like, I think he would be really, really good in that situation. Uh, but Denver's keys for tomorrow, I think. Double the ball, load up on Dame, rotate out to Portland shooters. That's number one. You want to load up on the middle of the floor, play high, play Nikola Jokic at the level of the ball screen. And if Dame wants to shoot 32-footers, then okay. Denver will give him that. But he can't shoot 28-footers. He's not allowed to shoot 26-footers. He has to try to split the double. He has to try to get around Nikola Jokic. But Jokic is going to be in his grill the entire time. If they throw it to Inez Cantor, that's fine. You have somebody rotating on the backside, and you try to gain gang, uh, gang rotate on that. And I'm having trouble talking today for whatever reason. Um, and then you rotate out to those shooters. If it's Derek Jones, then you're okay. Just don't give up the open lane. Uh, if it's Gary Trent, you want to rotate out hard to him. If it's Robert Covington, you want to rotate out hard to him. You don't want to give up those guys. You don't want to give those guys opportunities to get hot. Because if another player makes five threes, it makes Damian Lillard's got his job a lot easier. Just a lot easier. Uh, number two, you want to move the ball, hit the open threes when they come. Uh, Denver is going to be able to go to Nikola Jokic in the post. Uh, and as Cantor is not Clint Capella, who actually gave Denver a lot of issues and Jokic a lot of issues. Uh, and as Cantor is a little bit more groundbound than Clint Capella, not as mobile, not as athletic. Jokic can score in those situations, but you don't want him to have to score 40. You'd like for the offense to continue to open up shots for the perimeter, open up shots for teammates, and for those guys to hit those shots. Whether it's Barton, whether it's Porter, whether it's Murray, whether it's Faku or Monte, whether it's Zeke Naji, whether it's Archie Hampton. You want those guys that when they get those open shots to hit as many as you can. Uh, if Denver shoots over 40% from three on uh, tomorrow's game, I think that they'll win. And then number three. You want to match size for size and trust the talent against the starting unit. Like I said, I think you want to trust Porter against Robert Covington at the four. You want to trust Jokic against Cantor at the five. And you want to play three guards next to those guys. Whether it's Monte or Faku, I don't really care. But you've got Murray, you've got Barton. Those guys should be able to do pretty good damage against Portland's 
uh, starting unit. If they can't, then that's fine, because I actually think that Isaiah Hartenstein could be in for a good opportunity to win, and to win Denver this game on that second unit. When he comes in, there isn't another big man to really guard him. They've got a variety of different options that haven't really played a ton. Let's just look who they played in their last game this uh in their game on Monday night against the Phoenix Suns. And Phoenix doesn't have a bench center. But they also like Portland doesn't have a guy either, especially with the the injuries that they have. They're starting Carmelo or they're they're playing Carmelo Anthony, Nasir Little, uh Rodney Hood, Anthony Simons, and then one of the starters. Whether it's uh, Damian Lillard, whether they're rotating in, rotating in Robert Covington, whether it's Derek Jones, whether it's Inez Cantor, they're rotating in one of those guys. I think that Isaiah Hartenstein could be a really big impact in a situation like that, as long as he can defend the perimeter. If he can't, then that's an that's also a big issue. But uh, I still think that Denver's in a decent situation with him. Uh, get him rotating to the rim. Get him. Uh, Gobbling up offensive rebounds, dunking over people, protecting the rim on defense, blocking shots. Denver could have a really big advantage there. This could be a really big Isaiah Hartenstein game. I really do think that. Uh, and then beyond him, one of Faku or Monte runs pick and roll with that bench unit. And then Denver stackers Murray with them. Or Porter. One of the two. Uh, probably Murray. He's been so good. You want to keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Murray with that group, Murray with Hartenstein, they could really do some damage. I really do think that Denver's in for a good opportunity, but they have to play those starter minutes even or better. If they can't, with Jokic on the floor, with Porter on the floor, with uh, one of Monte or Faku most of the time with Barton out there, it's a tough position for Denver to be in if they can't do it. So, either way, it's going to be a fun matchup. This is a matchup that people always look forward to. I hope that it goes well. Denver needs this game, if only as a big motivator, to say that they can beat a lot of the teams in their division, or especially like in the conference and around where they are. They've beaten Golden State. They've beaten Phoenix. Next on this stretch is Portland, and then after that, San Antonio in the second half of the schedule. If Denver can show that they can beat all of those teams, they'll be in a good spot. They're going to have to face one of those teams in the first round of the playoffs in all likelihood. So I think that as long as they can get to a good spot, they'll be okay. That's pretty self-explanatory, but you know what I mean. Um, Folks, this was the last episode of Nuggets Numbers. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for supporting me throughout this thing. Nuggets Numbers started as a podcast that barely got any downloads, barely got any listens. And it's really grown ever since uh, I started this thing. I was recording this thing in South Carolina. Uh, as a as a senior in college, that's when I really started podcasting more frequently. Uh, this is my third year doing it. been really excited with where it's gone. And frankly, it's, it's given me an opportunity to do something I love even more. So thank you so much for being a valuable member of the Stiffs audience. Uh, of the Nuggets Numbers crowd. Your thoughts are appreciated. Your listens are obviously appreciated. I've always enjoyed the, the responses and the comments and going back and forth with people, talking about the data that I find. 
It's been great. I really enjoy everybody's thoughts and comments. And I already said that, so getting a little sappy in here. So thank you so much for tuning into this final episode of Nuggets Numbers. I will be podcasting on Friday for the final episode of the Denver Stiff Show. We'll try to have some guests on, talk to the staff about it. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys on Friday.